Tonight the wind is ferocious and the woods are dark. Unseen shapes of unknown origins scamper between the trees that toss and bend and bow. The world is forgotten here in the foothills of Maurice the Bear County. The people that live here are Maurice and his mom and dad and my little sister. Certain rules don't always apply. The rules of time and the rules of space. Well, yeah, the best example of that is Lucas. Lucas is a dinosaur, and he's also a restaurant. But you'll never actually see him because he's always seven minutes in the future. And that means he functionally exists only on social media. Lucas. Tonight's theme is food, and the voyage begins in a little house at the edge of the hamlet of Percy Peaks. Inside the house, a family of four humans and an unprincipled cat are gathering around the radio for the evening's entertainment. Father closes his book, Tax Trouble for the Dunkaroos, rests his elbows on the arm of his chair and chews his pipe. Why he loves that length of brass tubing so very much, we'll never know. Mother whispers something to the cat, clears her throat, and puts away her Legos. Her current project will have to wait. It's a gender-neutral Klingon warbird, and it's incomplete, so the cat must go another night without high-grade galactic weaponry. The kids, sitting on the rug and ready for showtime, have been at the Ouija board, imploring any available dark spirits of the Shadow Realm to bring desserts. Well, they successfully summoned Todd the Cyclops, but he forgot the cookies. Again. Great work, Todd. Great work, Todd. Apart from the cat, still stewing over the production delay, the strange little post-war family out of time is ready to be entertained. The radio crackles to life. Tubes flicker and glow softly. It's another tricky mission for Group Captain Disappointment of Fighter Group Ovaltine. Yes, and here comes Lieutenant Rambulance waving a telegram from the Queen herself. Her Majesty's orders to investigate a spy ring operating from inside a penguin colony. 
I say, Group Captain, this is going to be a terribly dangerous mission. I'd imagine it would be quite chilly, too, there in the Antarctic. Yes, I would certainly expect so, Lieutenant, but we must keep that stiff upper lip. Now go put on your warmest wellies, and that cable knit double-crossed you like so much. Oh, why, that's my favorite jumper, and a fine seas, too. If you're headed out on a top-secret mission somewhere cold and terrible, why, winter wear from Jed's threads will keep you warm and well-fed. You see, Jed makes all his threads from high-quality, snackable foodstuffs and or semi-digestible food alternatives. Yes, I wouldn't worry about the mission, Lieutenant. You'll have plenty to eat with that jumper made of cheese. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Very good. Sounds like a couple of jolly customers to me. What do you say, Jed? Uh, I'm not really sure what you're asking, but uh, the answer's yes. Jed's threads. I'm not really sure what you're asking, but the answer... Yes. And now, without explanation, Meet Star Industries presents an excerpt from Ham Helmets and the Porridge Problem by Todd Gobot. Last Wednesday morning, I sat down in the shade to knit myself a sweet new pair of potato-based culottes. Turning potatoes into wearable pants is a challenge. Before long, I was grunting from exertion. My dog Marino could tell I was getting annoyed. He was sunbathing on the chaise lounge, all SPF 9000 and terry cloth. Marino is the worst, by the way. I'm not going to get into it now, but let's just say I'd like him so much better if he were tolerable. My name is Todd, and I make wearable food. Yeah, you heard right. My name is Todd. I'm not the Cyclops. I told the producers people might get confused about having two Todds on the same episode. And they were like, no, but it doesn't even matter because it's all so confusing. Yeah, touche, I guess. Massively confusing is a weird aspiration for a podcast, but it's your jamboree, you guys, so well played. Okay, so, picture this. You are strutting your stuff on the boulevard, and everyone thinks you look amazing. But they don't even realize how cool you are. They're all saying, how can that Todd guy just strut along the boulevard all day looking amazing? Doesn't he get hungry? You see, those rubes don't realize that dicky you're wearing doubles as dinner. It's made of salmon, and it's your secret caloric weapon. Eating your dinner as you strut? I mean, that's amazing. That is the dream here, people. Why do I make food garments? So I can wear food garments. I'm a pretty big deal. Another big deal is Margie Lee Minkley. She's my inspiration, and she's also my aunt. She's 82, and she lives in a remote farmhouse in the Texas Panhandle. I 
I run an old-fashioned VCR bakery in the kitchen. And I tell you, that kitchen is absolutely cavernous, almost like a cavern. Every day, Margie bakes marginally operational VCRs using her mother's recipe. Yes, and you heard right. The kitchen is cavernous. I also bake in them VHS cassettes. My husband, Michael, he was asking to watch Pumpin' Iron. You know, the one with the Arnold. Well, I figured I could just bake the VHS cassette with the long proofing and get some good starter and lots of baby oil, but, you know, that dog wouldn't hunt. Margie also goes to church with Uncle Michael, and unless she's overwhelmed with orders for grain-based electronics, which is never, she knits pudding hats. I got 43 Guinness records, 42 in the edible fashion category, and the one I don't mention in the engineering category. I didn't know that, Auntie. What was the record? Least operational VCR design. Margie is also a voracious reader. On my favorite books? Well, let's see, there's almost teenagers on the moon. You would think it impossible without any zipper. Oh, come on, you guys. Let's just go to the moon and do it simply. Almost teenagers in room spring rowdies. Oh, and Jerome's Breakfast. I love Jerome's Breakfast. Her first edition of Surprised by Bacon was even signed by author Jerome Breakfast. Hey, you guys remember 1983? I do. Speaking of 1983, another food fashion fan and my Canadian best friend, Kirk Betamax, has looked exactly the same since 1983. Same coconut-smelling feathered hair, same billowy shirt sleeves rolled halfway up the forearm, and it's the same pair of khaki leg tubes, aka pants, same hot pink members-only jacket, the united colors of Gag Me With A Spoon. At first... Kirk started his burlap barbecue for the money. The year before, an ad on QVC for a video fitness series entitled Bambi Flames Diet, Only Cocaine, quickly led Kirk to the bottom of himself and a big rock candy mountain of debt to tiny drug kingpin and actual infant, Ruthless Baby. I was in trouble, so I set up a play date. I thought I could talk my way out of it. I mean, he was a hardened drug dealer, but he was also just a little baby. <laughs> he wouldn't listen to reason or logic or, or English. Infants have, like, almost no sympathy for fiscal irresponsibility, so I tried something else. I said, um, 
I said, Peekaboo, who's a little baby Peekaboo? You, you are a little baby, a little baby Peekaboo. Um, he, he stopped chewing on his fist at least, but then uh, he reached out with that pudgy hand, that, that horrible, soggy hand. He grabbed my mustache and he pulled until my ear was right next to his mouth. And you know what he said? He said just three words, Todd. He said, got your nose. Got your nose. It sent chills through me. Man, that baby was intimidating. So, yeah, I needed an income stream, and I figured a gunny sack steak business would be lucrative. It's not. Kirk stuck around, and as I predicted, Kirk's bag steaks never became the empire we all know and love. He's just not that good at snackable fashion. Sorry, Kirk. Love, Todd. Sorry. And then there's my arch nemesis, Jed Spukes. According to the guest guide to Jed Spukes, Jed lives in a house high in the mountains of Delaware, which is clearly a problematic assertion. He either lives in a house or high in the mountains of Delaware, but not both because that would be unreasonable and unfair to the rest of us. Jed specializes in denim that's also emergency cheese ration. I was born in the Isle of Elba, broken man, but cheese soon fixed that. Used to bring it everywhere I'd go. Well, mother didn't like that too much at all, so I began hiding the cheese in my trousers. Whereupon, I discovered the addition made those trousers a good sight more comfortable than before. Cheese-lined dungarees and oat was still hard to walk all the way to Canada with those short legs. So I unfurled my portable child-sized tuffet and sat a while. As I sat there upon my sit-upon, I thereupon hit upon the notion to manufacture my own line of Velveeta slacks. And boy, did they sell like hotcakes. Well, seeing an opportunity, I started offering hotcakes too. A dippin'. Why is Jed my nemesis? Well, Margie's my auntie, Kirk's my best friend, and Jed just borrows stuff without asking. Like my potato culottes. They were here at the beginning of this story, remember? Well, they're gone now, and I think someone borrowed them. It must have been Jet. Yeah, I borrow things here and there now and then. Don't like to return them. Why would you do that? It's darn nice of folks to entrust me with their finery. Holding on to it's the best first way to take care of something. Take this whimsical Harlequin figure I got here. Look at that detail. It's fine bone china, not a neck. Old Jed borrowed that from the president in 1965. I'm one positive old Lyndon B. knows it's in good hands. I keep a little book of all the things I borrow. Let's see what's in here. Uh, Louis the Sixteenth skateboard. Oh, yeah. Uh, she rides a little rough, but it's a, it's a great example of uh, early French neoclassicism. Uh, what else? Uh, this one says carpet. Huh. Guess I borrowed a carpet. It must be dead by now. I ain't been feeding it. Three buckets. Yep, still got those. Good friends with number two. 
pile of beans, yardstick, first edition signed copy of The Borrowers, are the books here too, Amish Teenagers on the Moon, Amish Teenagers in Rumspringer Rowdies, that's basically the same book, Ball of Yarn, Wall of Barn, Whole Barn, Bernie the Mule, One Oblivious Bassoon, Three Embarrassed Clarinets, Jet speaks, not sure if you've heard, but Todd thinks he's kind of a turd. In shit, oh, he's a man of his word. Oh, geez, well, then I guess Todd is a nerd. He lives in a cabin on the side of a hill. It's vinegar out of steel. Jed reads magazine. Sling slacks made out of cheese. If he ain't barred and yet that he will. Jed speaks. Not sure if it hurts. But Tom says it's kind of a turn. Jed says. Well, I'm a man of my word. Oh, well, geez. I guess Todd is the Percy Peaks is released monthly wherever you listen to podcasts. It's conceived, written, composed, performed, recorded, and engineered by John Purcell. Jed Spuke's song performed by Amar Langsdorf. Beyond grateful to Clary, Amar, Kate, Mom, Dad, my community of friends. For now, the show lives at rss.com slash podcasts slash Percy Peaks. This project is donation supported. Also check out the Percy Peaks Instagram and the new Patreon for special access to music and unreleased material. And don't forget to listen to next month's episode where the theme will be weather or gum but I haven't decided yet, so I can't tell you for sure. I was here the whole time. It's not like it won't be touched.